This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 196. So, being that today is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, as usual, I'm covering the latest new weekly news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. But before I get started on that, I just wanted to remind my listeners that you absolutely do not want to miss next Thursday's episode. That's going to be the episode on October 28th, and that is my interview with world-famous fine art landscape photographer, Serge Ramelli. Serge was a fantastic guest. He was very informative. He shared a lot about his career in photography and how he got started and how he's gotten to the point where he is today. And he actually actually uh, shared with me some of his life story that he's never told anyone before. Uh, so it was a fantastic interview, about an hour and 10 minutes long, and I guarantee you're not going to want to miss it. And then remember the week of November 4th, that Thursday's episode will be my interview with the super talented and fantastic and awesome, the one and only Skip Cohen from Skip Cohen University. He's going to be coming on the show to talk about how you can take your photography business to the next level, how you can be more profitable as a photography a photography professional. So you're absolutely not going to want to miss that episode. And then, of course, the week of November 9th, I have Brent Bergram coming on the show. He's going to talk to us all about how to print your own photographs and do it right so you get fantastic results. And then tentatively, the week of November 15th, Miss Ellie Cat is going to return to the show to talk about her latest trip to Greenland and another big project that she's got going on right now. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. I always let Ellie tell my listeners herself, so I'm not going to take away any of her, anything from her appearance on the show by spoiling it ahead of time. And then hopefully we will also be getting uh, Professor Jill Mott back on the show. Finally, she's been extremely busy. She's had a lot of things going on. She's still an educator. She's been working on some pro projects of her own. So she's been extremely busy. I did finally uh, manage to get back in touch with her this week. And we're going to have a little pre-episode tete-a-tete on Skype in the near future. And then hopefully we'll get her on the schedule to be on the show, hopefully before Thanksgiving. We'll have to wait and see. And then I've also got emails out to Kai W., uh, as well as Trey Radcliffe and uh, Shamara Young from the Photo Focus Photography Podcast. She's uh, Skip Cohen's co-host. I haven't heard back from her yet. Hopefully I will this coming week. And I also have an email out to the one and only Chase Jarvis. And so far, I haven't heard back from him yet. And with my luck, I probably won't because he's 
like A-list celebrity world famous. So <laughs> we'll have to wait and see how it goes. All right, but I don't want to bore you anymore. Those are the announcements I had. So let's go ahead and head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us for this week. And now on with the show. First up, the Canon EOS R system turns three and LensRental.com gives us a breakdown of its progression. The Canon EOS R system launched on September 5th, 2018 and began hitting the streets in October of the same year. Commemorating the three-year anniversary of the new system, LensRentals.com has done a nice article on the progression of the system. What Canon has accomplished in three years is pretty remarkable when everything the system has to offer is broken down. I would think the system would be even further along if not for all of the challenges that the pandemic has had on labor, manufacturing, and logistics. If we just look at EOS R camera bodies, Canon launched the R in 2018, and in 2019, they brought us the EOS RP to market. Both of these camera bodies were built on image sensors that appeared in both the Canon 5D Mark IV and the Canon 6D Mark II DSLRs. It wasn't until 2020 that we saw Canon build truly new camera bodies in the EOS R6 and R5. Both bodies have been massively popular. In 2021, Canon is bringing us the EOS R3, which isn't even going to be at the top of the EOS R lineup. I expect that we're going to see the flagship EOS R1 in late 2022 or early 2023. It is definitely set up to be a remarkable tool as Canon will have to make it something amazing to separate it from the already impressive R3. In three short years, Canon has also launched 24 new RF mount lenses, which is also a remarkable feat. I expect that we're going to see another 10 to 15 new lenses over the next couple of years as Canon has always enjoyed having the biggest lens lineup of anyone on the market. And you can read the full story at LensRentals.com with the accompanying link uh, to this article in the show notes. As always, you can find all of these stories in the show notes so that you can check them out for yourself. A lot of them do have accompanying links. And a lot of them do have videos as well. Just depends on the story itself. So I said from the beginning, and I've talked about this on my show before, when Canon announced the EOS R in 2018, I told everybody that I knew in the photography business industry, whether they were a hobbyist or a professional, I told all of them, mark my words, Canon will catch and surpass Sony in 18 to 24 months. And Canon did exactly that. At exactly the 18-month mark, they dropped the R5 and the R6, which are hands down, at the time, were hands down, better than anything Sony had. Canon's autofocus was better, faster, more accurate. Their technology was better. Now, I'm not saying they were light years beyond Sony, but they had already caught on par with or surpass Sony technologically. And back in 2018, everybody told me I was crazy. It could never possibly happen. Sony had a five-year head start. Canon was going to go the way of the dodo bird. And I just laughed and I said, well, 
wait and see, because I guarantee Canon's not going anywhere. And I was 100% right. All right, on with the show. Next up, Canon Tech Specialist talks the Canon EOS R3. Now, this one does have a video. This is uh, the Canon EOS R3 at the photography show with Dave Perry, it looks like his name is. We have about five more weeks to wait before the Canon EOS R3 hits the streets for the lucky few. Canon tech specialist Dave Perry talks to Clifton Camera about the features, specifications, and technology in the R3. There were actually a few bits of new information that I picked up from this presentation, but you may already know it all. So you can go ahead and check out that video for yourself. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I've been extremely busy this week. Uh, but it is an exciting little bit of news there. Next up, industry news. DJI revolutionizes filmmaking with the world's first four-axis cinema camera. And there is an accompanying YouTube video on the official DJI YouTube channel. DJI, the global leader in civilian drones and creative camera technology, today launches a comprehensive cinematography system that heralds the next generation of film production. DJI Ronin 4D combines the all-new full-frame Zenmuse X9 gimbal camera, a four-axis stabilization system, a LiDAR focusing system, and an unrivaled video transmission and control system into a single unit. Designed and built to the exacting standards of professional filmmakers, DJI Ronin 4D makes high-end productions with efficient, uh, more efficient, makes spectacular camera moves possible in the most convenient way, and enables creative professionals to tell their stories with an entirely new visual language. Quote, DJI empowers creators with, a set, uh, with accessible and intuitive devices to capture and share the world exactly how they see it, said Paul Pan, DJI Senior Product Line Manager. Quote, with DJI Ronin 4D, we use the power of technology to make cinema standard production more affordable. Cinema cameras more flexible and cinematic imaging available to a boundless array of filmmakers. DJI Ronin 4D draws on our expertise in both aerial and ground-based cinematic innovations to enable the next generation of professional content creators to amaze and inspire us. Excellent filmmaking begins with the perfect shot, which is why DJI developed its most powerful cinematic imaging platform to date. A flagship proprietary chipset fuels an intelligent image processing system, Syncore 3, which delivers an internal 8K RAW codec with precise color reproduction, advanced assistive functions with a high-performance AI engine, and multi-link monitoring and control with low-latency image processing. Complementing the imaging system is a brand-new full-frame Zenmuse X9 gimbal camera available in 8K and 6K versions that allows cinematographers to capture footage in full cinematic quality. In addition to the commonly, commonly used H.264 codec, both X9 8K and X9 6K can internally record Apple ProRes and ProRes RAW, leaving more latitude for editing in post-production. Zenmuse X9 6K supports 6K 60 frames per second and 4K 120 frames per second, and the Zenmuse X9 8K up to 8K 75 frames per second 
giving creators multiple options for capturing cinema quality footage. To create gripping atmospheric shots, the dual native e, uh, EL of 800 to 5000 and over 14 stops of dynamic range help capture scenes with rich color grades regardless of shooting scenario. Even in complicated lighting situations, DJI Ronin 4D's proprietary DJI Cinema Color System delivers natural skin tones and enables effortless tonal consistency across the project when using different cinema cameras. The camera's built-in nine-stop physical ND filters makes it easy to adjust to dramatically changing lighting conditions, especially when filming outside on location. In addition, X9 is equipped with an interchangeable lens mount design, allowing uh, connection to DJI's proprietary DL mount, like M mount, and other mounts with short flange focal distances. This provides cinematographers the opportunity to use ultra-large aperture lenses, anamorphic lenses, and vintage manual lenses, creating their desired style. The DJI Ronin 4D has been designed with an innovative industry-first Z-axis to eliminate vertical camera shake effectively. This technology allows the operator to shoot while walking, running, or moving around dynamically with no need to practice pacing or rely on external equipment. Videos taken in complex spaces like stairways or or uneven ground are smooth without any trace of the operator's footsteps. DJI Ronin 4D even captures wide sliding shots easily without the need for a dolly. Building on DJI's years of leadership in aerial and handheld stabilization, the Ronin 4D achieves this unprecedented fluidity with an advanced new algorithm that processes inputs from a set of downward top-of-field sensors, forward and downward dual-visual sensors, built-in IMU, and barometer. Even with the additional Z-axis, DJI Ronin 4D is lighter and smaller than most cinema cameras mounted on a professional three-axis stabilizer, reducing the size and complexity of a professional camera setup in an ideal form that never existed before. ActiveTrack Pro applies more distinctive DJI technology to get complex advanced tracking shots easily and efficiently. Based on DJI's existing ActiveTrack system, the Pro version uses DJI Ronin 4D's latest artificial intelligence to track subjects from longer distances while adjusting composition to maintain optimal framing. The newly designed LiDAR rangefinder continuously generates precise laser measurements to revolutionize filmmaking with a sharper, faster, and more reliable focusing experience. It simultaneously casts over 43,200 ranging points, reaching as far as 10 meters, locating subjects quickly and accurately, even in low-light environments. Because LiDAR measures the distance to the subject without relying on surface textures or hunting for edges, it obtains a faster focus speed without compromising image quality in any way. The 4D offers three focusing modes to suit the needs of every creator, manual focus, autofocus, and DJI's unique automated manual focus. In manual focus, the Ronin 4D provides LiDAR waveform, an insistive tool that allows cinematographers to locate focus points and pull focus with extreme precision. Autofocus keeps a sharp focus on the subject in more dynamic and unpredictable situations, 
like documentary filmmaking. Automated manual focus combines the best of both modes to automatically rotate the focus wheel while following the focus point, allowing the operator to intervene manually at any time for an intuitive experience. Using DJI's all-new O3 Pro transmission technology, the 4D video transmitter outputs a 1080p 60 frame per second feed to remote monitors with a transmission range of nearly 20,000 feet. It also includes AES 256-bit encryption that protects the video feed and industry-leading end-to-end low latency for a smooth real-time monitoring experience as operators move freely about the set. In addition to 2.4 GHz and 5.8 GHz, O3 Pro also supports DFS frequency band, significantly improving stability and anti-interference performance, even in crowded signal environments and locations that feature complex architectural structures. This system also enables multiple receivers with one transmitter and allows users to switch feeds quickly between multiple Ronin 4D units. The additional Hybrite remote monitor integrates a wireless video receiver into a 1,500-nit 7-inch monitor. The built-in gyro sensor also turns the monitor into a motion controller for movement-based camera control. It can also connect to the Ronin 4D hand grips, DJI Master Wheels, DJI, DJI Force Pro, or the new DJI 3-channel Follow Focus to modernize coordinated shoots. When several remote monitors are used in conjunction, each device can play back material separately with independent LUT loaded without interfering with the other monitors. The monitor's built-in microSD card slot supports up to 1080p 60 frames per second proxy footage recording. Wow, this thing has just got some insane capabilities. So continuing to meet the needs of a wide range of users, Ronin 4D offers three storage methods. USB SSD provides 4K projects with cost-effective solution. The CF Express Type B card offers compatibility and stability. And DJI's proprietary Pro SSD 1TB delivers the best performance and highest stability for internal recording at maximum resolution and frame rate. For sound recording, the Ronin 4D has built-in microphones to support two-channel 24-bit audio. It also has two 3.5-millimeter jacks on the body and two XLR ports on the expansion plate for additional input and output options. Like the Ronin 2 and Inspire 2, the Ronin 4D uses the TB50 intelligent battery, which offers up to two and a half hours of shooting time. Even in extreme weather conditions, the TB50 battery is still reliable with the help of the auto heating technology. The DJI Ronin 4D comes as the solution that cinematographers all over the world have been looking for. Leading cinematography professionals have been testing prototype after prototype, giving constant feedback and working with DJI every step of the way until Ronin 4D was complete. But the collaboration doesn't end there. Starting today, DJI is pleased to announce that eight of the industry's leading and award-winning DPs will work directly with DJI and Ronin 4D for their upcoming works. 
These include Rodney Charters, ASC, CNSC, NZCS, Takuro Ishikara, uh, JSC, and Rachel Morrison, ASC, and Zhao Xing Zhao, CNSC, and Academy Award winners for Best Cinematographer, Eric Messerschmidt, Claudio Miranda, and Peter Powell. Pricing and availability, the Ronin 4D is available in 8K and 6K combos. The 6K version features the main body, a Zenmuse X9 6K gimbal camera, LiDAR rangefinder, high bright main monitor, hand grips, top handle, TB50 intelligent battery, and carrying case. It is priced at $7,199 and will be available from the store.dji.com and in other channels starting in December. The 8K version features a more powerful Zenmuse X9 8K gimbal camera and the Pro SSD 1TB. It is priced at $11,499 and will be available from store.dji.com and other channels at a later date. To utilize Ronin 4D to its full potential, the 4D video transmitter, Hybrite remote monitor, and the DJI Pro SSD 1TB are available separately. The Ronin 4D comes with a two-year international warranty for quick service at any authorized service center worldwide. For extra assurance, DJI Pro or Care Pro offers two years of comprehensive services, including technical assistance, unlimited free repairs within the coverage limit, and two maintenance services by DJI technical experts. And for more information, you can visit www.dji.com slash CA slash Ronin dash 4D. So this is definitely one beast of a cinema camera system. And I have a feeling it's going to become one of the primary systems that a lot of studios start filming with once it is readily available on the market. Next up, the Canon RF 5.2mm f2.l dual fisheye VR demo. And there's an official uh, Canon YouTube video here. A couple of weeks ago, Canon Asia posted a VR demonstration of the brand new Canon RF 5.2mm dual fisheye lens on their YouTube channel. I finally had the chance to view the video on my son's Oculus, which he seems to always hide from me. I think this lens is going to bring many new creators into the VR space. I think this lens is going to make things easy for anyone to get into that space. If Canon's VR software, which will be subscription-based, is well done, this lens is going to be a huge seller. I highly recommend you check out the above video with whatever VR viewing device you may have. And you can pre-order this lens now at the appropriate link in the article. Next up, leaked full review of the Sony a7 IV goes live prematurely. As happens all the time, a reviewer for our upcoming product has leaked out ahead of, to, uh, ahead of tomorrow's official announcement on the Sony a7 IV. Now, this is from October 21st. Check out the review above, and it was from Tony and Chelsea Northrup. Update, it looks like takedown orders from Tony and Chelsea are hitting YouTube and Vimo, so I won't be scouring for another one. I'm sure it's an annoying bit of work for them. The camera will be announced tomorrow, so there will be many reviews of the a7 IV to watch then. Update 2, the official review for Tony and Chelsea is now live once again at the above link in this article 
in the show notes. So it sounds like Tony and Chelsea kind of jumped the gun there and released their video before they were supposed to. I hope they didn't get into too much trouble. Next up, industry news. Sony officially announces the A7 IV and new flashes. Now, this is from October uh, 21st. Uh, it was updated on October 21st. The original article, yes, is from the 21st in the morning. Okay, so there's an official YouTube video um, on Sony's YouTube channel. And let's see here. So the Sony Alpha 4 was released. Uh, it features a... Let's see here. With a newly developed 33 megapixel approximately uh, approximate and effective full frame image sensor, as well as two new flashes, the HVL-F60RM2 and the 46RM. The Alpha 7 takes basics to the next level for full frame cameras with excellent image quality and performance, redefining the lofty standards set by the acclaimed Alpha 7 III. The new model features many of Sony's most advanced imaging technologies, including the latest Bionez XR processing engine and advanced autofocus capabilities from the flagship Alpha 1, combined with streamlined operability and enhanced reliability for photos and movies, making it the perfect all-around camera for today's imaging enthusiasts and professionals. The Alpha 7 IV also boasts a 33-megapixel image resolution, rich movie expression, and various features to support the growing demand for remote communication, bringing new meaning to what a basic camera can accomplish. And that was in quotes. I'm not going to read the entire article. You can read it for yourself because this episode is going to run too long if I do. Now, pricing and availability. The new Alpha 7 IV will be available in December 2021 for approximately $2,500 US. It will be sold at a variety of Sony's authorized dealers throughout North America. The PCK-LG2 screen protect glass sheet accessory for the Alpha 7 IV will be available at the same time. A kit version with Sony's FE28-70, F35-56 OSS zoom lens will also be available for approximately $2,700 US. The new flashes will be available in November 2021 for approximately $400 and $550, or, or that's $550 Canadian. It will be sold at a variety of Sony's authorized dealers throughout North America. And the second flash, the F60, will be available in November for approximately $550 US, $750 Canadian. It will be sold at a variety of Sony's authorized dealers. Exclusive stories and exciting new content shot with the new Sony Alpha 7 and Sony's other imaging products can be found at alphauniverse.com, a site created to educate and inspire all fans and customers of Sony Alpha brand. And of course, I'll be covering that uh, news and rumors site later on. That's why I didn't want to read too much from this Canon Rumors article about it. Patent Focal Reducers for RF Cinema Applications Canon News has uncovered a Canon patent showing off some focal reducers in their latest round of patents. This patent is for RF mount cinema cameras that would reduce the focal length of full-frame lenses on Super 35 image sensors. These are not for EOS R cameras and certainly not for EOS M cameras. The lens used for the, uh, for the embodiments is a 50mm 1.4 full-frame EF mount lens. The total lens length in the embodiments will show the 50mm lens as well as the focal plane distance, which is 20mm plus the reducer. So Canon mirrorless reduced 40mm f1.1, focal length 40.14mm, f number 
half angle 20.24 degrees, image height 14.80 millimeters, lens overall length 93.90 millimeters, with a back focus of 11.81 millimeters. The Canon mirrorless reduced 35 1.0, focal length 35. or 36.54, f number is 1.03, half angle of view is 22.05 degrees. Image height of 1480, total lens length of 9195 millimeters, and a back focus of 10.70 millimeters. And the Canon mirrorless reduced 32 millimeter f9.5, focal length 33.45 millimeters, f number 0.94, half angle of view 22.42 degrees, image height is 1380 millimeters, dot 80, uh, lens total length 91.91 millimeters, and a back focus of 9.73. So definitely a little bit of interesting news. Um, not sure why Canon would be doing reducers, but uh, maybe it's something the cinema industry has been clamoring for. I don't know. I don't do cinematography. I do YouTube videos, and that's about it. So I don't know enough about that industry to make an intelligent comment on that. And last up from Canon Rumors, behind the shot interviews Jeff Cable to talk about using the EOS R3 in the real world. And you can watch this video on their YouTube channel, Behind the Shot. Steve Brazil from Behind the Shot had a chance to interview our favorite Olympic photographer, Jeff Cable. If you remember, Jeff was one of the most active shooters on the web using the Canon EOS R3 at the Tokyo Games. The discussion about the R3 begins around 9 minutes and 58 second mark, which is where I have queued up on the video. Jeff gives us some great insight into Canon's secrecy with pre-release cameras, as well as how the camera performed. A camera he ended up using for 99% of everything he shot at the Tokyo Games. Jeff brought a couple of R5s to shoot with, but the R3 outperformed the R5 for his workflow. You can connect with Jeff Cable at his website, jeffcable.com. His blog is blog.jeffcable.com. Instagram is jeffcablephotog. Facebook is jeffcablephoto. Twitter is jcable12. And his YouTube is jcable1234. <laughs> oh, goodness. And as I said a moment ago, that is going to wrap up Canon Rumors. And now we'll head on over to Nikon Rumors to see what they have for us for this week. First up, the Nikon Z62 and Z72 firmware updates. Version 1.3.0 has been released. Nikon released the new firmware updates for these mirrorless cameras. Here are the details. Uh, Z62 firmware version, uh, portrait impression balance items have been added to the photo shooting menu and movie shooting menu. The monitor now shows the shooting display at all times while tilted when on is selected for image review in the playback menu. Voice memo has been added to the options available for custom settings F2, custom controls, movie record button in the custom settings menu. In this role, the movie record button can be used during playback to record and play voice memos up to 60 seconds long. Fix the following issues. Custom setting F4 aperture lock in the custom settings menu was not available when an FTZ mount adapter was attached. Although focus would normally remain locked if the AF on button was kept pressed while the shutter release button was used to take a series of pictures, the camera would refocus without input from the AF on button if shooting was suspended 
with custom setting A6 AF activation in the custom setting menu set to AF on only with enable selected for out of focus release. Continuous L or continuous H selected for release mode. Single AF selected for focus mode and single point AF selected for AF area mode. The flash ready light on SB5000 flash units would not light if a WR10 or R11B was used for wireless remote flash photography. And for the Nikon Z7 II, all of the same updates in that firmware, so I'm not going to read them all again. I don't want to bore everybody. Next up, today only, the SanDisk 128GB Extreme Pro CF Express Type-B memory card is $100 off. So that was from October 19th and probably won't do you any good now. So I apologize. We'll go ahead and skip the rest of that one. Next up, Nikon Z9 is expected to be announced next week, October 28th. The Nikon, a new Nikon Z9 teaser is expected tomorrow, Wednesday, and the official Z9 announcement should be next week. The date I keep hearing is October 28th. I always add a margin of error, plus or minus one day. At least one, possibly even two new Z-mount lenses will be announced together with the Nikon Z9 camera. Stay tuned for more updates and leaks as they happen. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. Next up, the Nikon Z teaser number three from the official Nikon YouTube channel. A new teaser shows the Z9 fast shooting mode. A reader downloaded the video, imported it into Premiere, and slowed it down enough to count. That burst is 35 frames. The burst lasts for 1.7 seconds, so that's a pretty solid confirmation of the Z9 shooting at 20 frames per second. The rumored specifications had suggested 30 frames per second. And you can find the previous Z9 teasers at the accompanying link in this article in the show notes. Next up, the Nikon Z9 Teaser 3 commentary. Here is some commentary from Reese and Matt on the third Nikon Z9 teaser, uh, which you can watch on YouTube. Uh, the teaser trailer 3, how fast is it? And that is it for that article. Next up, Nikon Z9. This is no catch-up game from Nikon. It's surpassing the competition with huge margins plus a freshly leaked picture of the Z9. And let's see here. Back in August, I already mentioned that the Nikon Z9 in 2021 will be for Nikon what the D3 was for Nikon back in 2007. It will bring Nikon back on top, at least in terms of technology. Hopefully, the sales will follow as well. This is what I was told, not my word, since I have not seen or used or touched the Z9. I was told by multiple people that the Z9 could easily be another D3 moment, a significant advance, advance in camera technology and performance. The D3 announced in 2007 positioned Nikon back on top. The camera will have a D3 level of innovation. It will be 
far more than a D6 in mirrorless form. The dual pixel sensor will allow EVF near equal to an optical viewfinder, faster frame rates, effectively no blackout and no significant rolling shutter. There is also a major update to the AF system. Even critics and skeptics who are testing the camera are speaking very positively about it. Expect to see some amazing Z9 sample photos from surfing in Mexico. I was told that the Z9 is already in products and I received several more tips from people close to the manufacturing process in Asia confirming the above statement. Here are some quotes. Quote, heard from a guy who handled the Z9 this week. He was totally blown away at all levels. Quote, and this is no catch-up game from Nikon. It's surpassing the competition with huge margins. And quote, the price of the Nikon Z9 is going to be a surprise of a positive one. Also, there will not be a Nikon Z9X camera. This was a joke by Nikon Rubber's contributor, Darius Brez. Um, so I have to take a little bit of skepticism with this. A little bit of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't believe this. Uh, the fact that this isn't going to be a catch-up game for Nikon. This is going to be where they pass every other camera company and technology. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, my Nikon fans. I'm not trying to diss Nikon. I'm not trying to diss you. But given that the Z6 and Z7, both the first and the second revisions, didn't even come close to catching or surpassing Canon and Sony, there's no way that the Z9 is going to accomplish this. I'm sorry. Nikon just does not have the research and development money to catch already and surpass both Canon and Sony in technology. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sure the Nikon Z9 will be a great flagship mirrorless camera, but to have superior autofocus frames per second and all this other hooey, it's not going to happen. Let's be realistic. Nikon is in third place and they're in third place because they don't innovate the way Canon and Sony do and they don't innovate the way the other two companies do because they don't have as deep pockets for research and development. So I'm sure the Z9 is going to be a great camera. Is it going to be better than the Alpha 1 and the R3? Hardly. I doubt it's even going to catch up to them, but we'll wait and see. Next up, just released Capture One 14.4.1, DxO Photo Lab 5, Film Pack 6, and new Luminar Neo features. Capture One 21 version is now available with added support for Windows 11 and some new cameras and lenses. The new DxO software releases, DxO Photo Lab 5 and Film Pack 6. You can get up to 30% off on all DxO products. And Luminar Neo, create more. Skylum revealed more new features of the upcoming Luminar Neo, which you can see at the accompanying link in this article in the show notes. Next up, this could be the Nikon Z9 LCD screen updated. The previous Z9 posts have almost 700 comments, and Discus is already acting weird. Time to start a new discussion with what appears to be a leaked picture of the Nikon Z9 LCD screen. Update, the above picture is part of a presentation in Asia. The slide explanation for that screenshot is Nikon mirrorless digital camera first with 3D tracking. 
And that is it for that short article. Next up, the two new Nikkor Z lenses to be announced with the Z9 next week are the Nikkor Z100-400 f4.5-5.6 ISS, official announcement next week, and the Nikkor Z 400mm f2.8 S, development announcement next week, alongside the Z9 announcement, which is rumored to be on the 28th. Next up, Nikon Nikkor ZDX 18-140 f3.5-6.3 VR lens shipping date. Here are the shipping dates for the Nikon lens uh, listed by different online stores. Amazon, November 30th. Park Cameras, mid-November. Calumet, November 11th. The new Nikon Nikkor ZDX 18-140 f3.5-6.3 VR lens is now available for pre-order in the U.S. from Adorama, Amazon, B&H Photo. The U.K. at Park Cameras and Wex U.K., in Denmark at Calumet and Photo Earnhardt, and Canada at Camera Canada. Next up, some last-moment leaked Nikon Z9 specifications updated. I just received another set of Nikon Z9 camera specifications from Asia. Asia, nothing really new or breaking. Everything is pretty much as I already reported it a few months ago. The Z9 shutter will close when the camera is off to protect the sensor. 45 megapixel stacked sensor, 20 frames per second, could also be 30 frames per second as initially reported. 120 frames per second in DX mode with reduced resolution of 11 megapixels. New AF tracking for humans, animals, birds, eyes, AF plus cars, motorcycles, and planes with AF tracking. No rolling shutter, better than the Sony A1 and Canon R3. I don't buy that for a second. Blackout-free viewfinder in all situations, around 5 megapixels. No pixel shift feature. It could be implemented later with a firmware update. There will be an 8K 60p video option with a one-hour time limit. Big improvements in color balance. The Z9 price is expected to be less than the Nikon D6 camera that currently sells for $6,500. Update one, a few more specs just came in, not verified. Uh, weight, 300 grams, heavier than the Canon R3 or around 1,020 grams. The Nikon D6 is at 1,270 grams. The Nikon Z9 will be the only camera on the market without a mechanical shutter option. Update two, sensor read time is 4 milliseconds. The Sony A1 is 5, and this will allow 1 250th of a second in fast synchronization. Update 3, only 20 frames per second with electronic shutter. The viewfinder resolution is 3.69 megapixels, not 5. New fold-out and swivel LCD. We have seen that already in one of the teasers. Newly designed menu system. Shipping is expected to start in December. 8K 60 frames and RAW and maybe other features will be added later with a free firmware update. The firmware update is also expected to be announced on October 28th. Please note that some of the Z9 features may come later with firmware updates and will not necessarily be available at launch. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, the Nikon Nikkor Z 40mm f2 lens sample photos. And there are some great photos here. These sample photos uh, with this lens by Darius Brez. See also his previous post. And they are some stunning images. It looks like this lens is going to be a very good lens. The full resolution photos are available on Flickr. 
The Nikkor Z 40 millimeter F2 lens is now shipping. Check pricing and availability in the U.S. at Adorama, B&H Photo, and Amazon. In the U.K. at Wex Photo and Park Cameras. In Denmark at Photo Earnhardt and Calumet. In Canada at Camera Canada. And that's going to wrap up Nikon rumors for this week. And now we'll get on, uh, get on over to Fuji rumors to see what they have for us. First up, Sam Yang joins the X-Mount Autofocus Lens Club, an updated list of third-party autofocus X-Lens makers. Sam Yang has announced they will launch their first autofocus lens for the Fujifilm X-Mount. Uh, with this new edition, we now have a total of eight manufacturers making now, or rumored to make soon, autofocus lenses for Fujifilm. Considering that Fujifilm opened X-Mount to third parties only in 2020, that's quite a rapid growth in third-party AF lens offerings. So let's update our list of third-party autofocus lenses for Fujifilm X-Mount with the latest additions. And let's see, we have here available now or for pre-order the Tamron 18-300, to 35-63, to the Zeiss Tuit 50mm f2.8 1-1 macro, the Tuit 32mm f1.8, the Tuit 12mm f2.8, the Viltrox 56mm 1.4, the 23mm 1.4, the 33mm 1.4, and the 85mm 1.82 all AF lenses. The Tokina ATX-M 56mm 1.4X, uh, uh, the uh, 23mm 1.4X, and the 33mm f1.4X. All of these lenses are available at B&H Photo, Amazon, US, and Adorama. And the Viltrox ones are also available at the Viltrox store. Announced to come for sure, the Samyang 12mm f2.0 for Fujifilm X coming soon at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. The TT Artisan 32mm f2.8 official announcement here. The Viltrox 13mm f1.4 AF to be released in November. This time, the Sigma CEO himself basically said lenses for Fujifilm are coming. According to what Sigma said on their social media, a variety of X-mount AF lenses should come already uh, should come already in 2021. Rumored to come next, the Seven Artisans autofocus lens, and we don't forget, Lawa said that they are working on autofocus lenses as well. Electronic contacts for software correction support, EXIF, etc., but no autofocus. The Voigtlander Nocton 35mm f1.2x, available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And that is one heck of a list of lenses, third-party lenses for the Fujifilm X-Mount. Next up, 34 Fujifilm products won the Good Design Award, achieving the most awards for the third consecutive year. Fujifilm has been awarded with 34 Good Design Awards for a wide range of products from software to x-ray products to projectors and, of course, also X and GFX gear. As for the camera gear, here are the winners. The Fujifilm GFX 100S, the GFX 50S 2 the Fujifilm XE4, the Fujinon XF18 1.4 RLMWR, the Fujinon XF23, 1.4, the Fujinon XF33 1.4, the Fujinon X27mm f2.8, the Fujinon XF70-300, the XF100-400, the GF35-70, the Fujinon GF80mm 1.7, the Fujinon GF120 f4, the Fujinon Promista 19-45 f2.9, 
and the Pixel Shift Combiner. So a lot of exciting news in the world of Fujifilm with all of those good design awards. Next up, Fringer EX FX Pro 2 Smart Autofocus Adapter Firmware 2.10 released. Fringer has released this firmware uh, for their adapter. Main improvements include added following lenses to the tested and optimized lens list, the EF 600 F4LIS, the 600 F4LIS plus 1.4 teleconverter, the EF 11 to 24 F4L, the EF 70 to 300 F4 5 to 5.6 DOIS USM, the Tamron SP 15 to 30 F2.8 DIBC USD G2, the Tamron 17 to 35 F2.8 to 4 DIOSD, and the Sigma 150 to 500 F5 to 6.3 APO DGOS HSM. Bug fixed when trying when using lenses with IS function. If the IS module is working when powering off the camera, it may not be parked properly. Now the IS module will be parked during camera powering off process. You can download the firmware and release notes from the official website and update your adapter according to the instructions in the release notes or user's manual. And you can find that, of course, in this article in the show notes. Next up, BXO Photo Lab 5 and Film Pack 6 released with support for Fujifilm X-Trans sensor cameras. DXO has announced beta support for Fujifilm cameras sporting an X-Trans sensor with the new DXO Photo Lab 5 and Film Pack 6. Launch discount is available. Down below, you'll find the official press release. And it's fairly lengthy, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, pricing and availability, DxO Photo Lab 5 Essential Edition is uh, $109.99 instead of $139. And the DxO Photo Lab 5 Elite Edition is $164.99 instead of $219. Now, those prices are in euros. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but the prices are in U.S. dollars because I haven't looked lately myself. Next up, look Apple. Also, Fujifilm can make cool ads. I have always admired the incredible creativity of U.S. Uh, US companies and people have had when it comes to create giant, inspiring, and exciting shows. May it be for ads, movies, and whatnot. The latest Apple event where they unleashed their powerful new MacBook Pro computer is an example of this creativity applied to new product launches. Gosh, I was so pumped for the event. More or less the same excitement I felt when I received my first beer at Oktoberfest. <laughs> uh, it's the total opposite of our Fujifilm X summits, where in a dry tone, Japanese managers soberly present the latest Fujifilm X and GFX gear. Different cultures, different presentations. But there was one moment during the Apple event that went particularly under my skin. The MacBook Pro M1 Pro Max video ad, which you can see down below. And you know what? It did remind me a bit of the ad Fujifilm made for the Fujifilm GFX 100S, which you can also find below. Sure, different budgets allow for different special effects, but I wanted to give credit to Fujifilm for at least trying to release an inspiring ad. My favorite Fujifilm ad, though, remains this one at the accompanying link. So this was a little... Uh, Excursus in the marketing world where Fujifilm managers said back in 2018 to be one of their weak spots compared to Sony. We will soon focus again on rumors. Don't worry about that. Just follow Fuji rumors. We're going to have lots of fun soon. And of course, you can see those ads down below. 
and the new leaked GFX100S commercial as well. Next up, Capture 121 14.4.1 released, and I mentioned that in a previous segment. It's been released, includes support for the Fujifilm X-T32, Windows 11, and more. Capture One All products save 10% with code FUJIRUMORS. And uh, let's see, the X-T32 you can pick up at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. And you can see the accompanying videos from DxO, official YouTube channel for both Photolab and FilmPack 6. Next up, Fujifilm X-Lab secret development story of Fujinon F1.4 lenses and more. Quote, full power lenses coming in the future, also zooms. In episode 22 of 23 of the Fujifilm X-Lab series, Fujifilm managers and engineers gather together to talk about the inside story and what they call, quote, development secrets of the new generation fast F1.4 prime lenses, the XF18 1.4, the 23 1.4, and the 33 1.4 RLMWR lenses. Episode 22 is dedicated to the Fujinon F or XF18 1.4, whereas episode 23 focuses on the 23mm and the Fujinon XF 33mm. It's once again in Japanese and rely on automatic Google translation tool, which is far from optimal. I went through this pain for you and summed it up below. However, if any Japanese Fujifilm readers has the, has the time and would like to make a better translation for us, feel free to drop it in the comments or send it over to me at fujirumor at gmail.com. With that said, down below are the key points of the video as uh, as we in the video itself. 2022 is 10th anniversary of Fujifilm X-Series. The new 18, 23, and 33 1.4 introduce a new generation of fast lenses made not to fade in the next 10 years. Uh, let's see. The Fujinon XF56 1.2 will get its refresh in 2022. Fit for higher resolution X-Series cameras, fast autofocus motor. At the beginning of the X-Series, the goal was to make, quote, joy back lenses. I guess they mean more retro-styled lenses with vintage operations like the focus clutch and certain character in the images. Uh, let's see. With the XF 18 millimeter, uh, was a small compact pancake lens. There are some zoom lenses that cover the 18 millimeter range already. It is a popular focal length also for smartphones. The engineer who made the lens said that when he makes a lens, it's better one that he enjoys using himself. The engineer aimed for high image quality and fast autofocus speed. The size and diameter of the lens make it particularly comfortable to hold when taking pictures. He would not want it bigger than it is now. They wanted to make fast autofocusing lens, but also with little chromatic aberration. Hence, they had to make sure that does not fluctuate and change when there is focusing. Linear motors move smoothly. The current motor has a lock mechanism. Other lenses with linear motor, when switched off and you move the lens, they will rattle. The shape of the focus ring makes it easy to remove dust. For the 33 millimeter, uh, sold very well and is still selling well. The 33 has exactly a 50 millimeter full frame equivalent focal length. Fujifilm continues to sell both lenses. Customers love the XF35 1.4 for its small size and character images it takes, where the XF35 1.4 is not so good at autofocus speed. The engineer wanted to make a new lens that keeps the virtues of the XF35 1.4, small size, soft and pleasing bokeh, and improve the bad parts. 
They wanted to make the new XF35 1.4, but the blur was no longer so soft and the linear motor, motor increased in size. So they decided to go with a completely different concept and change the focal length to 33. For the XF23, it's a very popular focal length and it was important to improve and renew it. Fujifilm decided they had to improve two things, reduce chromatic aberration and improve short distance performance. Focuses as close as 19 centimeters compared to 28 for the original. The managers were worried that the new 23 has no focus clutch. Due to design restraints, using the clutch would not have allowed to reach the overall performance of the new 23. In conclusion, small size and high performance, that's the X-Series. Fujifilm listens to customer needs, and they want to make more, quote, full-power lenses as well as zooms. The new generation Trinity and the classic versions can be purchased at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. And you can watch the Japanese YouTube videos for yourself that are all about this discussion. Next up, Sam Yang teases Fujifilm X-Mount autofocus lens coming October 26th, the Sam Yang 12mm F2AF. All right, so Samyang is teased again that they will launch a new lens for Fujifilm X-Mount. We know thanks to the previous teaser, it will be an autofocus lens. And looking of the shape of the lens, we can see it's identical to the Samyang 12mm f2.0 AF for Sony E-Mount. So we can safely assume that on October 26th, Samyang will officially announce the Samyang 12mm f2.0 for Fujifilm X-Mount. The Sam Yang for Sony E-mount price and specs. You can order that lens from B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And for the X-mount coming soon at the same three retailers. So looks like that is going to be the new Sam Yang X-mount lens. Ought to be exciting for a lot of people. 12 millimeters can be handy. Uh, I definitely like to go that wide, especially for my documentary and real estate work, if at all possible. Next up, Fujifilm GFX 50S2 in stock everywhere and the 100S in stock at moment. The Fujifilm GFX 50S2 is right now in stock at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama, and soon in both versions, body only here and with the GF35-70 kit here. If you want the GF35-70 only, that one will start shipping on November 30th. Another bit of good news, you can now find a new Fujifilm GFX 100S camera in stock at moment. Sadly, nothing yet on B&H Photo, and an overpriced GFX 100S is sold to Amazon via third party. Well, a little good news among all the epic delays, tons of Fujifilm X and GFX gear is suffering right now. And that is true, it's sad. Next up, Fujifilm Instax Wide Printer is in stock at Amazon US. Also, the new Instax Wide Black Film is available at Amazon as well. You can order the Instax Link Wide Printer at Amazon, B&H Photo, and Adorama. The Black Film at the same three retailers. The Color Film at the same three retailers. And the Instax Wide Monochrome Film at the same three retailers. So... That is all the latest news and information on the Fujifilm Instax Wide Printer. And we're down to the last article from Fuji Rumors. Fuji Guys says Fujifilm GFX 50S 2 How to Guide. Fuji Guy Francis shows you how to use various features of the new Fujifilm GFX 50S 2. 
The camera itself is right in stock pretty much everywhere. The GFX 50S2 can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment, and the GF35-70 to at the same retailers, which I don't believe that because they just said a moment ago that the lens by itself wouldn't be available till November 30th. So <laughs> I have a feeling that might be a little bit of a typo. But as I said a moment ago, that's going to wrap Fuji Rumors, and now we'll head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors to wrap up this episode. First up from Sony Alpha Rumors, Curiosity, Sony will be fined 17 million yen for new product announcement turmoil on July 7th in China. You surely remember how back in July, Sony decided at last minute to postpone the ZV-E10 announcement. This because the original July 7th is the day where China, China commemorates the start of the Second Sino-Japanese War. China considered Sony's move an insult. That's why this week Beijing imposed a fine of 17.7 million yen on Sony China for damaging the dignity of the Chinese state. And that's it for that one. Let's move on here. Next up, Nokashita confirmed the two new flashes we already rumored about. Uh, let's see, he's confirmed that the two new flashes uh, shared the three product names as well. The Sony a7 IV, of course, the HVL F60RM2 and the HVL F46RM, as I mentioned in the camera or the Canon Rumors article about this. And because I'm always particularly nice to you, I will also tell you once more that there will be one more major Sony announcement about six weeks from now. All right, so we got that one covered. Next up, DxO Photo Lab 5 announced uh, enhanced local adjustments in a more powerful photo library. I'm not going to go over the whole press release because I've already talked about this in two of the in the in two or maybe even all three of the previous segments. More A7 IV leaked images, info, and price at $2,600. A couple of last-minute A7 IV leaks ahead of the announcement on October 21st. Quote, exposure compensation dial now reprogrammable. Uh, the second, uh, the record button is on the front of the com compensation dial. Three separate dial for video still and S&Q mode. Four, one of the slots takes SD only and the other one takes CF Express type A and SD cards. Uh, so interesting there. And of course, there was the controversy surrounding, I guess, Tony and Chelsea leaked uh, released their video earlier than they were supposed to and that caused a little bit of turmoil next up capture one 14 released add sony z v e10 and new sigma e lens support this update, let's see, you can get a discount using our checkout code SAR. The update adds support for the following cameras and lenses. The Sony ZV-E10, the Sigma 35 F1.4 DGDN, A Sony E, the Sigma 35 F2 DGDN-C Sony E, and the Sigma 24-70 F2.8 DGDN-A Sony E. Reminder that DxO has also announced Photo Lab 5 and... Uh, as well as uh, Film 6, um, which I already talked about earlier in a couple of other segments. Next up, ready for the Sony a7 IV announcement. Follow the video live stream event here on SAR. And of course, this is a little bit old because uh, the announcement, I guess, happened on the 22nd, uh, which was a couple of days ago. 
Next up, Prestec Sony Electronics Alpha 7.4 goes beyond basic with 33 megapixel full frame image sensor and outstanding photo and video operability. Uh, and the pre-orders are already available. A B&H Photo Amazon Adorama Focus Camera by Dig in the U.S. and Europe at Photocotch DE, Calumet DE, Photo Earnhardt DE, Park UK, Wex UK, Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon Italy, Amazon Spain, and Amazon Netherlands. In Australia, Sony.com and Camera Pro. And you can order the, the two new flash units at B&H Photo and Adorama. And last up from Sony Alpha Rumors, the Sony A7 IV was officially announced. And let's see here, and no new information in this article. There are accompanying YouTube videos that you can watch, um, including one from the DP Review Guys, which they always make great videos. I highly recommend you follow their channel, as well as the official release of Tony and Chelsea's review video, <laughs> which they initially released too soon and gotten some heat for, as well as a video about the new flashes. All right, that's going to wrap up all of the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 196 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. And also remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel and check it out. Subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, share them, comment on them, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And I did just release a tutorial video on YouTube today on how to do sky replacement of your photos with Luminar AI's Sky AI replacement capabilities. So you might want to check out that video. It's only about 12 minutes long. Um, where I walk you through the process of how to use that feature. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode, and I will see you all again on Thursday for that big interview with Serge Ramelli. 